All right, so welcome to this week's episode of our Franchise Accelerator podcast. What we're really dialing in on this week is one of the five elements that you need to have in order to franchise, which is brand awareness. So what we really believe is whether it's five years from now, 10 years from now, we want to start thinking of your business as not just your asset, but your investment, right? What is it generating every month? What is it going to, right? How much return are you getting on this investment? And it all starts with these five elements. And what we've done and not, and intentionally is put brand awareness first, because I think as an independent, sometimes we get so caught up in the day-to-day, we want to serve a good product, we want to have a customer, but we forget about some of those intangibles that take our business from just a business to a brand. So today we have Scott and he's going to help us kind of dig in a little bit. Scott, what are some of the core elements of a brand? Well, I think you need to be true to what you want to do for not only for your customers, but for your staff and how to do that. Are you serving fresh food? Is that, you know, are you a scratch kitchen? Are you, you know, value based? Are you high end? You know, really, it's not that the great brands don't evolve over time, but they're true to what they want to be. They have a plan. Maybe at some point they change the plan or go in different directions. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing is make sure you know what you want to be so you can kind of market that out, brand manage that out, and, and get to the, your customers what you want your brand to be. Exactly. And I think, you know, as a starting point, it's really looking at your menu, right? Looking at the products you offer and making sure that all of those products are true to the brand that you are trying to create. So I'll use the example of Starbucks, right? Like they're not afraid to charge $5 for a cup of coffee, right? Whether it costs them five bucks or not, they're going to charge five bucks for that coffee. And, you know, I think the point of that is it doesn't have to be about cost, right? It doesn't have to be about price that you are trying to add value to your customer and find the price point that works for you. And to them, they'd rather be higher and show that they are higher than than lower. Yeah, they're going on, their quality is that good and their quality is maybe higher than their competitor. And let's just like Duncan as an example, right? That They know they're direct competitors, but for Starbucks, they're not really fighting over the cost part or the retail price. This is our price. We don't really care what our competitor is doing. We're very confident that our product is our product and that our customers were willing to pay this by maybe higher end service. Maybe they're getting better people to serve the coffee. Maybe they feel that their interior decor is nicer. They're creating an environment that people are going to come maybe sit a little more and you know, use our free Wi-Fi or bring in some higher end items on a pastry area, you know, whatever they want to do to make sure that, that that's what they're doing. And it's okay. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. And I think the other thing here that the difference between the independent and the brand is just really looking at what is your customer coming in the door for, right? If you're a Duncan, you know your customer is coming in because you're quick and they're probably on the go. Duncan on the right. go, right? Yeah, yeah, like, that yeah. right. like that is yeah. fully probably what the Duncan customer is doing. Starbucks customer is probably coming in, going to sit a little while, maybe not in a rush, although they could be. But, you know, really that's kind of what they're selling is more of that third place, that environment, and, um, you know, the atmosphere when you walk in the door. So for you, as an independent, what are some of those things? Because we don't have to be both, right? But we really want to dial in 
what is your customer coming in the door for? And I think, you know, some great examples of this were, you know, during COVID, I think it was a really good time to assess, like, why are my customers ordering from me? Because, right, all of a sudden, they're not going to come in the door. (laughs) So either they're going to continue to order or they're not. But now all of a sudden we could see, well, they're really coming because they like this item or they like, you know, this thing on my menu or it fits, you know, dietary things, um, but really gave us a time to, to look at it. It also gave us a time to pivot. I mean, one of my best examples was we had a client who was high end, you know, in the city, obviously nobody's coming in the door and all of a sudden overnight, you know, it was like, if they went chicken fingers and pretzels, we're going to do chicken fingers and pretzels. Right? We're not going to go down with the filet. Right. Sure. So, you know, sometimes there's adaption there. But I think, um, you know, what have you seen in Independent on how you learn, like, why your customer is coming in the door? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, then making sure that you know what that is and know what your competition is doing and knowing who you want to be. And then if, if it's, hey, you're, you're going great service, right? We're going to the friendliest servers. We're going to awesome atmosphere. It's going to be a fun environment, maybe TVs, maybe music, however you want to do it. That's great. Uh, I mean, always you're going to eat the great food. Right? You know, that's going to kind of carry whatever else you want to do. Um, but is it quick service? Are you trying to get that customer in and out quick? Maybe gearing to a family with children that, you know, want that. Um, as we've seen to go take off, are we being efficient and are we getting it right? I think it's more time than ever. I mean, I do a lot to go. I do a lot to go. I mean, I would be generous to say it's a 50% correct rate. <laughs> right. Like, I'm the rest of their day, I'm taking the, the food out and the guy next to me goes, that's smart. And I look at it, I go, you know, I feel bad doing it, but that, that restaurant is totally wrong. It's really wrong. I feel bad that someone has to watch me, but or yeah. if you're going to push to goes, you got to be really good at to goes yeah. and making sure that everything's in the bag, that the product's still carrying that way. And I think, you know, as COVID taught us, you need to be good at other areas that you can't just rely on maybe great service anymore. You have to have great food to back it up. Yeah. And then you have to have, you know, making sure that all of everything's getting kind of. I's dotted, T's crossed with that. Yeah. And the other thing that I've found as you do this, because again, you know, one of our, you know, missions here on the Franchise Seller Podcast is to really just get you thinking about these things, right? Continual improvement is something that's, you know, really driving your business forward and will drive your business forward. But, you know, these can be little changes over time. So it doesn't mean blow up your menu, stop, never serve a burger again. Like that's not what we're saying. But what I've found is the more we dial into that brand, your sales actually get better because you start to look at your customer and say, what are the other things that they want, right? What are the things that I could add to drive up ticket prices, but that fit that particular customer? So I like to look at it as, you know, your avatar, right? Like who's your ideal customer, um, you know, is if you're quick serve, is it, you know, the mom with three kids? Is it the business person who's grabbing lunch quickly? You know, who is that person? We have, you know, one client who really has always done a lot with corporate, right? Has done a lot with business lunches, people, you know, grabbing lunch when they go back to the office. And they found a whole avenue just in corporate catering because those same people who were grabbing lunches and going back to the office, they already knew their brand, right? They already knew the food was good and they wanted to see it anyway. So adding it to the corporate lunch and, and getting the lunch bought by their business, it was a win for everyone, right? So I found a lot of times by digging this, it's not extra work. It's actually going to add sales to your restaurant as well. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And I think as people are maybe working from home a little more or it's just changing a little bit, you need to change how you're doing it. Maybe it's you're not doing it. Maybe you're doing more of the lunch catering or maybe it's finding offices that 
have people in there three days a week and maybe it's one of those days you can capitalize and do lunch for those 12 or 14 people in. Maybe you're in a business district and happy hour used to be your, your, your go-to. It's really good. Well, maybe that's dropped down a little bit. Maybe it's now going to a dinner special or a later happy hour because they're coming from somewhere else. You know, I think that's where people just need to think outside the box a little bit to align with what your brand is and what you've done, but maybe just adjusting from what you've done before based upon where your customers are right now. Yes, exactly. And I think the next level of brand awareness is making sure that your marketing also knows your brand awareness, right? So if you know your ideal customer is the corporate person who's grabbing lunch, going back to the office, does your marketing team know that, right? Do they know, is that speaking to them in the posts they're doing, in the Instagram they're doing, right? If they're posting about dinner and you know that your lunch crowd is your crowd, right? right we want to make sure that there's a clear connection. Because I think that's the other thing that you see a lot with the chains is they have such clear messaging, right? Like they have such a clear, you know exactly what they're trying to do and you know exactly who they're talking to. Right. Yeah. And they had an event coming up and they were getting ready for that, that was window cling, that it was email blast, and it was maybe something on the check presenter, right? They were going all in on whatever that next event was. And I think just because you're independent, maybe not, you know, you don't have 200 restaurants, that's okay. But if you're doing next event, how are you getting that to your, your customers? Yeah. Is it through your Facebook? Is it through your Instagram? Is it through the people at the door? How do you want to do that? And is there a clear message to them that this is what we have going on? This is our next big... Exactly. And I think the other thing, you know, to really think about this here is just making sure that you're always ahead, right? So like those limited time offers, making sure that you always have something new. I mean, I think there's no surprise when it seems like every quarter, if not every month, you know, there's always this new item. And I would say going back to the cost, it's usually a, an item that has a good margin, right? So not surprising that Starbucks is all of a sudden selling lemonades that right. probably have a 5% cost of goods sold, right. um, you know, and but you can find those things too that are exciting, they're new, they fit your brand, they fit what you're trying to do, and they also have great margin. Yeah, and you can follow what, and we talk a lot of time, is sometimes you can follow what the big restaurants or what the big places are doing, right? If they're all, if Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks is all pushing lemonades and you're a coffee shop, you might want to then push lemonades. Yeah. It doesn't have to be off-brand of what you're doing, but know that there's probably already a lot of dollars spent and you can use that research market and say, you know what, we can do our own version of lemonade. And maybe it's a raspberry lemonade or a strawberry lemonade or whatever it is that maybe your restaurant wants to focus on. But using that, it's probably working if a lot of other restaurants are doing it. Not copying, just using that you know information. Yeah. And I think this is what also comes back to that where your time should be spent, right? I think as we're growing and we're scaling and we're really trying to get to that next level, you know, I hate to say it, but your time isn't at the beach, right? And if it is at the beach, you should be on your laptop a little bit because I really think you as the owner need to be involved in these conversations, right? You know the brand that you see in your head and now we just need to make sure that that brand vision that you had is reality. And I think making sure that you, the owner, are paying attention to this, making sure you, the owner, are looking at, you know, number of guests in every week, check average every week, check average differential between stores, and really raising your expectation, right? For your brand, what is the check average? For your brand, what is the breakfast sale? And, and not leaving it up to chance, but really driving those sales and those numbers. 
Yeah, because if your brand's growing, you want it to still represent what you or your original vision was and what it's going to be moving forward. And that doesn't mean it can't change in some ways. As you go from one to five restaurants, there could be some aspects of your restaurant that is changing. It's just inevitable you know, how, how it's going like that. But your core values of what you are, if you're you know, serving great Mexican food and now you're four or five restaurants in and, and that concept is, is dwindling a little bit to not what you want it to be, that's where we see a lot of restaurants can fail because you know, concept, you know, restaurant three or four isn't really as good as restaurant one. And I think that's where a lot of even the bigger companies have seen issues when they're trying to expand either too quick or just not know real clear vision of what their brand should be at restaurant two, three, four, and five. Right. And I think so much of that comes down to making sure your customer knows who you are. Right. So many times when we talk to, you know, multi-unit owners, restaurant group owners, what they think they are <laughs> and what the customers think they are, are sometimes two different things, right? And sometimes yeah. it just comes down to brand awareness. If you're known for your salsa, right, have your customers taste your salsa, right? right? There's nothing wrong with educating your customers on why you're different, right? Okay, you offer burgers, but there's got to be some sort of sauce or story yeah. behind the sauce or my mom's recipe or right. whatever it is. But but does your customer know that? Uh, right. That is, that's a question. I think, uh, um, you know, I worked for the Cheesecake Factory for a long time. That was on the menu is how it started. Yeah. The founder of the Cheesecake Factory because his mom found a recipe for a slice of cheesecake in a, in a newspaper and started making it. So, I mean, that's, you know, 40 years later, that's still the story of the brand. The brand awareness that we're talking about right now is very strong and it's still built around these fresh made cheesecakes and a lot of varieties that is because it started with, you know, one idea and it came kind of came true to that. It's all a lot bigger now, but that's still the original vision of that brand. Yeah. And I think that's also the struggle, right? Like as an owner, sometimes you don't want it to be about you. We have right. a few clients where if they would let us market like that story, I right. think it would really go. But it's like, oh, I don't want it to be me. I don't, I don't, it doesn't need to be me. It's about the food. But people love that story, right? Like your customers love that stuff, right? And I'm sorry, but I think it's a picture on the wall of like, you know, or you at the farm, whatever it is, people want to know about you, right? They want to know what they're buying. And I think, especially being an independent, that's what you have on the other guys, right? Like if your milk is from the farm down the road right. or your ice cream's from the farm down the road, like we want to tell them that. We want to celebrate that and not be afraid of putting ourselves out there because I think that makes a difference. Yeah, it's a connection that you make with them, right? You made that sort of connection. Um, I think it's why a lot of the restaurants we see that are successful now after COVID are successful because they already had a connection with their, their customers. And when yeah. the world changed, those customers were very loyal that they're still going to make sure that independents were going to survive. And I think those are the ones that we saw out come back maybe even stronger yeah. because they were doing things before they did that, made some changes, and now they came out, and now they're expanding. Now they're growing because they realize how loyal their customer base is based upon what they you know, did yeah. before that. Yeah, and I agree. And I think you know, making yourself part of your story, making sure that you are there representing your brand, right? Even little things like your logo shirt, like making sure that your brand has a message, but that it could be part of you it is that message. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think... You know, a lot of the bigger brands are, are encompassing all that. And, they're, you know, what's their global footprint? That's part of their messaging now. That's part of their brand. If you look at the big companies, they're talking about that a lot more because they want their customers to relate and have that same 
feeling about why they're coming there. A lot of, you know, where these fresh ingredients are coming from, right? We're seeing a lot of that from the restaurant side. Yeah. Customers are caring more than they ever had on really the values of the company. And we've seen that go the wrong way for a couple of companies now that didn't really <laughs> execute that well. There's a pizza company that happened to and a beer company, right? right. That, that didn't see that coming. Didn't know their brand awareness. Didn't know their brand awareness and how quickly yeah. changes were made on organization yeah. because of it. And I think yeah. that's where that brand is just so strong as long as you don't realize how much your customers care about what you believe and what you're you know, pushing. Yes. So that's where for this week, right, the assignment, the homework is we want you to assess your brand, right? Be the outsider looking in, um, you know, even ask if you don't, if you feel like you know it too much, maybe ask a new hire, right? Say, hey, I want you to go and tell me what my brand represents to you. Tell me what you see out there both on my social media that you see as you walk in the door and and really put that together and present that to me because that is a great way to make sure that what you have in your head is resonating with people in your restaurant every day and if it's not if the two are disconnected that's okay right like there's lots of opportunity to change but it starts with you the owner investing time in building this brand awareness and making sure that it's driving sales into your restaurant Definitely. All right. So we will see you on the next episode and good luck with your brand awareness homework.